0: I wanna set the record straight. I'm not a liar, I'm not a thief, and neither is my brother. As for you, Mr. Piant, you are so sleazy. Yeah! You think that you can do anything you want and then lie about it, and we just have to take it, because what are we, just a bunch of kids? Well, not this time. From now on, we're doing this our way. Lying, no cheating, fair, fair. $608 for the scooter your son trashed. That's what you owe, and we're not turning ourselves in we get it. Fair is fair. We didn't start this. We didn't mean it to happen. But we're not giving up. Leave pay be. Sure fair is fair.
1: Welcome to Sweep Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike McMissounis. How's everybody doing today? Doing great. Welcome to part two. And if you don't know what part one is, that's because you're not subscribed to Change Channel's podcast. And shame on you. But welcome to part two of tonight's recording. What's up, Jameston How's it going, sir? How you doing, Mike? It's good to hear from you again. Again? I just talked to you like a minute ago, sir.
2: I know, but it's always nice.
1: It's all good in the hood, Right. Right good to have you back sir and uh we are closing out the chick flicks for guys series man closing out on our our night to record and uh, closing (laughs) out on a series huh
2: crazy yeah this is this is a fun one man this is uh has been a really fun series
1: yeah it has been man especially you know what's really cool last night was the first time my wife watched the movie with me for the podcast oh yeah really cool yeah it was fun man um, you know, we got a lot of emails on this movie, The Legend of Billy Jean. That's what we're talking about today. And it's a movie that's really hard to find. And some people watched it for the very first time. Cool. Good. And, and I'm excited for you to hear their thoughts, sir. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure how you have your copy of this, sir. But, you know, I only have a VHS copy and then a copy I, I got off cable. Because they don't even have this baby on DVD. I don't know, man. We have a DVD
2: bootleg copy of it.
1: Excellent. Yeah. You got you got that in the alley. You were talking we were talking about in Perfect <laughs> Strangers, right?
2: Pretty much, exactly. Yep.
1: Excellent. Well, I'm excited. Sir, so are we going to have your wife join us, sir, for the, her favorite movie of all time? Or uh, there's a chance. There's a chance we might get a guest. Uh oh. I- I'm getting nervous, sir.
2: <laughs> you and me both
1: excellent well uh before we roll into our reviews, sir should we roll into some uh quick movie and music news what do you think uh, Yes, about? sir all right let's do it
0: dirty pop mm-hmm. Yo.
1: Mm-hmm. Sick and
0: tired of hearing all these people talking about what's the deal with this pop life and when is it gonna fade out the thing you got to realize what we doing is not a trend Got the gift of melody, we gonna bring it to the end, come on that now. I'm about the car or drive, what I wear around my neck. All that matters is that you recognize that it's just about respect. It doesn't matter about the clothes I wear and where I go and why. All that matters is that you get hyped and we'll do it to you every time, come on just now. Do you ever wonder why this music gets you high? It takes you on. you can't stop. I know
1: you like this. pop. Alright, sir. I mostly want to talk about music news, which is uh-huh. funny. Uh, but I want to talk about uh, real quick for movie news. Um, okay. So, obviously, uh, the news broke about Mr. Affleck being Batman. I hadn't heard. And uh, what I love is immediately the STL Nation assumes that I hate this news. They're all like, Oh Massounis is gonna hate this. Oh, where's Massounis at? I haven't heard from him. blah 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 blah. And then I wake up in the morning and I see all this you know post in the STL Nation about how I'm gonna hate the news and stuff. And and I gave my my opinion on the situation. And uh you know sir, I know me and you haven't really talked about it. We were kinda saving for the show. Um, You know, a couple things I need to say. First off is this is Ben Affleck. That's not Jiggly Ben Affleck. This is the brand new Affleck that, you know, Oscar award winning uh, director and a guy that likes to uh, be in movies he directs. So obviously this is just a big opportunity for the guy. I mean, I'm sure he's signed on to do a solo Batman film that he's going to direct, possibly direct Justice League now. And uh, I just watched Jersey Girl the other night, and he was referencing the Batmobile, which was just so funny. And I was <laughs> watching him as a Batman performer. And you know what? I've always been a fan of Batman. And people are giving him crap about Daredevil. Well, you know what? Have you guys seen Christian Bale in Newsies? He wasn't really the Dark Knight, people. So people make you know, the dark- Daredevil had crappy writing. And it wasn't really his uh, his performance. So I am cool with Ben Affleck. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm not saying he's going to be the greatest Batman ever. But I am in no way, shape, or form disappointed or pissed off at this news. And uh, the more fan hate th- that I see, the more excited I get. Because this same amount of hate was for Heath Ledger. And the same amount of hate was for uh, you know Michael Keaton. And it all worked out well. So the more hate I see, the more I like it. That's kind of right. that's kind of my initial thought, sir. So I am excited to hear what you have to say, sir.
2: Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, that night that the news broke, I come home really sick, and I passed out at, like, 6 o'clock at night. And I woke up at, like, midnight, and my Twitter feed, the phone was hot from my Twitter feed just blowing up. Like, what is going on? All this Affleck talk. I'm like, wow, am I dreaming? Like, is this really, like, is this a prank? Um... It's interesting because you know you and I had talked last month about who we our ideal cast were. We both really like Josh Brolin. Right. We had our guys who we liked and didn't like. Affleck was never mentioned in any of these, right? Right. So it was quite a surprise. I think that's I think that's what brought the most attention to it was that it was a complete surprise. Exactly. Um. Yeah. I. You know. You, you mentioned the, like Michael Keaton. Um. And you mentioned you know Daredevil and things like that. Um i'm not a huge fan of affleck there are certain things that i like him in There are certain things i really don't like him in i think he suffered in the middle of his career seriously from poor choices i think he made poor choice after poor choice for about an eight-year stretch where he didn't know what a good script looked like and where he was guilty of overacting in a lot of movies pearl harbor for one um but there are certain things that I really like about him, especially lately. I think his directing has helped him find his voice as an actor. Yeah. And um, you know, I think I think your comparison with Michael Keaton is a little different though in the fact that Michael Keaton was not a known as big of an actor. He was not a phenomenon like Affleck was. You want to go back to the Benefer days of Affleck. I mean, he was everywhere. Michael Keaton was an actor, a comedian that everybody liked. You know, and was going against the grain with what he was. He wasn't an action guy, Um, you know. And Affleck has obviously been a superhero before and done a lot of action movies, Armageddon and such. And so he's shown that he has the chops for that part of it. Um, You know, for me, the question is always with any Batman movie: Can you pull off Bruce Wayne? You know, that's what makes that's what makes it for me. Right. Um, You know, so I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like you say, Daredevil was not a terrible movie. I don't think it was a great movie. I think the majority of that was because of the writing. Um, you know, he didn't he didn't rise above the writing. But um, I, I think this is going to completely come down to the vision of Zack Snyder and and you know Nolan and what they what they want out of this and how much Affleck is going to be there. The only thing that I don't like is when you get a name like Ben Affleck. When you get a mega star like Ben Affleck. I'm worried that it overshadows the movie that it becomes Ben Affleck's in the new Batman movie and it's a, this is a Superman sequel and all anyone talks about now is the guy who's playing Batman and uh, you know it just kind of it can't help but overshadow everything else in the movie to the mainstream public and to a lot of people and I was really hopeful for if not like a Josh Brolin then a lesser known actor much like they did with Henry Cavill because it would you could kind of get into that universe more it's not a guy it's not hey there's ben affleck with the mask on you know right now um, th- that's just kind of you know how i feel about it i'm not against it i'm i'm willing to give it a shot i'm willing to give you know give it the benefit of the doubt um right. i'm not super excited about it
1: right but you know right time will tell um kind of what i was thinking was is that uh, you know, number one, look at, you know, um, the Human Torch, Captain America, Chris, Chris Evans. Who who would have thought he would have pulled off that character? You know, seeing a picture of Affleck and the cow was like, wow, that looks really good. Here's kind of my thought process on the whole Ben Affleck uh thing henry cavill i feel bad for the guy because he is definitely you know not getting the you know publicity he should but they went with kind of an unknown actor henry cavill now let's think about it you have your major stars you have kevin costner you have uh russell Crowe. arguably your driving force of seeing man of steel are not going to be in the sequel as of yet so you need a powerhouse name because henry cavill i'm sorry He's not a powerhouse actor at this point in the game that everybody's going to be like, oh, I got to see that because Henry Cavill's in it. You throw in a name like Ben Affleck, you know, good or bad, it's definitely a name like a Kevin Costner or a Russell Crowe, who both have arguably made bad decisions in their career. They've all had bombs. So I can see from a business standpoint, I don't like this. Rushing, I would have liked, as we both have agreed, a man of steel too. That's what I wanted to see. Right. But, but they want to get the ball rolling because Marvel is leaps and bounds way ahead of them, and Marvel is pushing with story. I think they're pushing with you know, DC is all about money and and getting the the two biggest superheroes ever on screen. And unfortunately, I'm not feeling storyline wise. It's probably is is you know as Marvel would do it, they focus on the story first. But. Right. Ben Affleck could possibly get a writing credit on this. Ben Affleck must have liked something he could possibly get. Look, this is my thoughts on how it should be, you know, a well-established uh, Bruce Wayne. I hope they keep his gray hair because that would definitely help sell the, you know, the older Bruce Wayne. But he may actually get a writing credit on this because there is no Nolan. It's just Goyer and Zack Snyder. And who knows? I think Ben Affleck, I mean, he obviously he did something behind the scenes here. He is Warner Brothers' golden boy. You know, so it business wise makes perfect sense for them to go with Ben Affleck. Yeah, I mean,
2: I understand business wise, but you, you know, you mentioned Heath Ledger. Everyone lauds Heath Ledger for how amazing it was, and but really, Heath Ledger was pretty unknown for an actor at that time. He, you know, he'd done A Knight's Tale and Ten Things I Hate About You and 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 little roles, you know, and kind of was a, a lesser known kind of B actor who gets thrown into this and you don't have a mega superstar people are just going because batman begins was so good and so i I think you could go with a lesser known actor in the bruce wayne role in this because man of steel was good and it should be putting butts in seats for the next one and just the characters of superman and batman being in the same movie shouldn't require you go out and get a megastar to be to be the quote-unquote second fiddle in this movie who's going to totally overshadow it
1: yeah fair enough it it sounds like we're kind of on the same page sir i'm not against it and i'm i'm obviously not like oh my gosh he's going to be better than christian bale because for me i've said this before on the show and i stick by it the dark knight trilogy is my favorite trilogy of all time i love it i've seen it like a bazillion times by now i still love it every single bit of it and for me christian bale is going to be my bruce wayne my batman but i am open To what Ben Affleck could possibly do for me, I'm you know if it was somebody else, you know Josh Brolin was my second pick. If it was Ryan Gosling or whatever, I'd be like whatever, I don't even want to watch this movie, you know. So I am I'm. This was a shocking, uh, you know, casting decision. But the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. And you know, I'm sure Kevin Smith with his weed is just like I told you, this is how it was gonna be, you know, or or whatever. So.
2: See, and I, 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 know it's inevitable, but I just, I don't think it's fair to compare. I mean, it's, it's obviously I understand it. And I will do it myself, but it's not fair to compare Affleck to Christian Bale because I, you know, I assume it's going to be a totally different Batman. Yeah. So it's, it's really hard. I mean, could, could you know, you, you compare the two when it's hopefully going to be different? You know. Um, I, yeah, I'm with you though. I'm, I'm. I'm optimistic. I'm guardedly optimistic about it. Yeah. Um, I am open to it. I'm not. I know a lot of people have been like, "Well, that's that. Not seeing that movie." Right. Exactly. You know, I'm not on that page with it.
1: Exactly. From what I have heard, this is going to be a Batman that has never been portrayed on screen before, and that's what I want. It's supposed to be a diff- a Batman in a different place in his life. Obviously, a well-established i guess 10 year veteran so think about the world this opens up obviously not in man of steel 2 but we have a an established riddler we have an established joker we have an established two face all these villains that are now established in a 10 year um universe that when we get a solo batman film they're already there they're established ready to rock and roll let's do it that's what i'm excited about yep so um uh, that's what I got for movie news, sir. That's what I wanted to talk about. So, Because I know I know everybody's been wanting to know what we wanted to talk about. Uh, in regards to music news, sir, the good stuff, man. The VMA, sir. Now, I, I accidentally misunderstood. I thought that you weren't an awards show guy, but I forgot you are my music man. And that, that must have been Jason. I got confused. But uh, me and you, we watch VMAs. At least I believe you watch the highlights. I watch the real thing.
2: Yeah, I yeah I watched the highlights online. I, I actually missed it when it was on.
1: Now, uh, let me just say this before we talk about the, the terribleness. I got to say that that 15-minute Justin Timberlake performance was probably the greatest, possibly, <laughs> performance ever on, at a VMAs. That's right. Um, now, microphone-wise, he did sound a little kind of like it it sounded like they got the mix a little bit off it took them about a good two minutes to fix it i noticed a lot especially Katy perry when she started off i was like girl i can't even hear you so obviously people were screwing up but i mean dude 15 minutes man yeah and and he killed it and your boys in sync came back and uh i mean of course they had like what 30 seconds (laughs) of that pretty much but uh dude i'm a fan i mean of course i love jt and that's your boy and i can see why because he just did a symphony of like his greatest hits and dude i mean he deserved every bit of that and what i love is he had that crowd in the palm of his hand oh yeah every single body in that you know you had all the rappers you had will smith you had taylor swift selena gomez everybody was just like singing every song it was great dude so what's your thoughts on mr timberlake before we move into uh the nastiness of the night sir
2: uh dude yeah it was great man that was an f- awesome performance that's you know that was one of the first things i looked for was you know my guy jt's gonna be there you know and, and the rumors had gone oh they're gonna re- instincts gonna reunite oh no they're not blah 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 and it was cool to see them back together but you know it was just great getting that much i mean i was not expecting that you know they give him his video vanguard award i figured all right we'll get five minutes You know, and some clips from his videos and what have you. Um, To do that whole medley of all his stuff was great, and just reminded me how much I loved his first, his first two albums. His third one, a little weaker, but um, yeah, you know, really great. It was awesome. He's just he's such an entertainer at at everything.
1: It's cool to hear that mirrors was written about his grandparents. That was kind of cool, especially his first album, man. When I heard Cry Me a River, I'm like, God, that's my jam, dude. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was it was an excellent performance. You know. Uh, There was kind of some surprises, you know, Mackamore and Ray Lewis, they had the same love performance, which was, you know, those are the same guys that did Thrift Shop and and Can't Hold us. And uh, it was nice to see, you know, a a big girl up there singing because normally you got to have the the skinny size zero girl singing and they got a real life woman up there singing and I I had a lot of respect for him for doing that. That was so cool, you know. And uh, it was a really great performance. They won rap record of the year which was cool um you know kanye west thankfully was very low-key lady gaga started off the show with actual booze which was kind of interesting usually she's the the queen of craziness but she actually got some booze starting off and i'm not sure if that's part of her song or not
2: i I don't
1: know but uh miley cyrus sir Mm -hmm. here's what i want to say um demi lovato selena gomez are two Disney people who have grown up, very ladylike, have fun in their songs, and don't slut around like Miley Cyrus is doing. And it was disgusting, sir, that performance. Let's talk about it, sir.
2: Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. I mean, just from, from beginning to end, it just, to me, it reeked of desperation yeah of a look at me i'm a quote-unquote i'm an adult now look at me and and desperation mixed with skankiness is just so sad to see and that's exactly what it was it was just i mean obviously it's a it, it, it's a marketing ploy and it worked because everyone was talking about it right it's everybody. right right and so that worked but Really, is that what you want to be known for? There's an audience full of girls that grew up with you. And I know you don't want to be Hannah Montana anymore. I know that you want to be the grown-up, the big girl who's not, you know, uh, not Billy Ray's daughter and such and such. But you still have a generation of girls that grew up idolizing you. And like it or not, you have that responsibility. And you go out there looking like, I mean, like, like a $2 stripper. It's just, ah, it was grotesque. Yeah. You know, and, and, I mean, I don't think enough is being heaped on Robin Thicke. Robin Thicke, I thought, was a classy dude. I thought Robin Thicke was good stuff. I I mean, first off, the Beetlejuice suit, bad choice. Exactly. (laughs) Secondly, (laughs) you know what is going on out there. I mean, it's like, dude, come on. You know, like, you don't have to be a part of it. And I know I sound like an old guy, like an old man, like, oh, these kids these days. But you know what? There is there is a certain line. And that just... I don't mind the, you know, you push the boundaries and what have you. The stuff that Lady Gaga does, fine. But it's just... It was just so, like, skanky, you know? You
1: know, I'm, I'm all about an artist doing something artistic for the sake of art. You know, for example... I may not like what Marilyn Manson has done in the past, but he was trying to do something artistic, whether you agree with it or not. Uh, Same thing can go for um, an artist like Lady Gaga. I've never really enjoyed the art she was doing, but she was trying to be an artist in her music. She wasn't just trying to be like, as you said, desperate. And even... I, I can respect you if you're trying to be an artist. I may not agree with the art that you're doing or how you're doing it, but when you're doing it like Miley Cyrus is doing, that's not art. That's there's a fine line between art and grotesque or just look at me, I'm grown up. I mean, you don't have to be you don't have to be a $2 stripper as you said. I mean, look at I mean Taylor Swift through these years, you know, she's this small country girl. Who has grown up? Yeah, she sings pretty much about the same breakup songs, but you can see her maturing. I mean, look at the way she looks. She looked like an adult. She's never really gone in her videos and just made a complete fool of herself. Each video, she tries to get more artistic, more stories told. I really enjoy her videos. Same thing with Selena Gomez, she stepped it up her game she wasn't as uh kid friendly with uh you know come and get it but she wasn't like miley cyrus you know demi lovato is by far the best disney character to come out of that you know i mean britney went through her her you know shaving her head phase and christina went through her i gotta get dirty phase but that's what it was it was a phase but at least they still remained artistic in their own way but Miley Cyrus and just like I'm not seeing the art there is kind of my issue. <laughs> I loved
2: I loved the reactions in the crowd too.
1: Yeah, Will Smith like, family. Oh, yeah.
2: you gotta be kidding me.
1: Yeah. Uh just
2: yeah, it was gross. It made me feel icky.
1: It did. Now, um, the Katy Perry performance That was w- awesome. Amazing. Dude, were you not like Rocky series heck? Yeah, man. man it was great. It was it was a great I
2: don't Okay, I want to say I don't especially love the song.
1: I don't think it's her greatest song. No, not to date. not at all. I'm, I do like the song. I actually find it a fun song. It'll probably be in my top ten of the year, but it's not going to be like number one. But it's it, I disagree that it's her best song ever. But yeah. that performance, though, yeah, was, it was, was great. amazing, man. She had all the right beats, and that when she was doing that jump rope, man, she was doing it better than those guys, man. I know it's ridiculous. So thumbs up for katie perry thumbs up for macklemore um kanye west wasn't too bad i mean by far jt stole the night oh yeah i mean it's probably arguably the best and that's what vma performance ever and that's what kind
2: of annoys me too is that that was that is completely overshadowed by uh, the skanky hannah montana
1: yeah agree sir and uh, like you said robin thick i mean what were you thinking dude really I mean, I don't like that song, anyways. Yeah. But I mean, now I really don't like that song. And let me just say this: you know, "Party in the USA" really grew on me, but that the, that "We Can't Stop" song, I mm-hmm. guarantee you, I will never like that song ever. Not a boy. I mean, you can strap me in and torture me with that song, and I will never give in. <laughs> that is how much I, I'm going to test you on that. That's how much I hate that song, dude. The oh, I like three seconds. La di da, whatever she says. La di da da, whatever. That's it. That's all I like. That, that two seconds she says. That's it. I'm done. Song over. Goodbye. So whatever. And cut. And cut. So we are done with movie music news, sir. So end of story. Are you ready to roll into our review of the Legend of Billy Jean, sir? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it.
0: She was a fugitive to the police. Won't help a sensation to the media and a symbol of courage to young people everywhere to fight for what's right. Where is she? Everywhere.
2: The Legend of Billie Jean, directed by Matthew Robbins, featuring Pat Benatar's hit song, Invincible, rated PG-13.
3: Starts Friday at a theater near you.
1: So, uh, The Legend of Billy Jean, are you ready to talk about this? Yes, sir. And uh, who are we going to be talking about this movie with, sir, at least for a little bit?
2: We have a special guest on with us. We have the largest Billy Billy Jean fan that I know, my wife, Sarah. Say hello.
1: How's it going? I'm doing great. It's good to have you on. Uh, it's kind of an honor. This is your first podcast ever, and you chose it STL, is. so... You picked it over your man's podcast. That makes you feel good.
4: <laughs> can, can I just say something? Yeah, what's that? Um, I did want to be on one of his podcasts when they did Alex Cross, and I was not invited. And I am almost the expert on oh. Alex Cross, and I somehow didn't make it on that episode. So. Burn. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right?
1: Oh, good time. So uh, this is your favorite movie of all time, am I right?
4: One of, yes. One of. Yeah.
1: So I'm excited to uh, to hear your thoughts. I mean, I'm not sure how long I, I have you for, but uh, why don't um, you, you know, give me your history here with you this. You
4: have me until a baby gets fussy, so. Oh,
1: <laughs> excellent. So tell me the story you two. I mean, I heard you guys were sitting down watching this together, so why don't you guys tell me that story?
2: Yeah, this was uh, actually the first time I watched it together with Sarah. I hadn't seen it since long before I even knew Sarah, I don't think. Um, so we watched it the other night. And uh, it was pretty cool. It was fun watching it with her as she's uh, quoting lines and telling me what's coming up and and all that. I could just tell immediately that this, I mean, this is obviously a beloved movie to her, much more than to me. You know, I don't have a history with this movie, so um, it was fun watching it with somebody who really
1: loved it. That's awesome. So, uh, so Sarah, what is uh, why do you love this movie so much?
4: Um, well, you know. As a kid, I watched a lot of movies, and we would go down to Blockbuster, my my cousin and I, and uh, we would just get obscure movies that nobody had ever heard of. Um, you know, the one that only had one case, and the movie was always in, and that was one of those movies. Um, and from the first time I saw it, I just, I don't know what it was. It was just, you know, because we kind of always stuck to horror movies, or, you know, we never... Never did much else, but we we found this movie and um, we watched it over and over until it was due, and I think we re- we rented it again, <laughs> and it just kind of kind of became one of our favorite movies.
1: That's excellent. I'm going to tell you a story. Um, the the main theme song, "Invincible," which obviously I know if you have a soul that you know you love that song, obviously, <laughs> um, but. I love that song so much that I would I was searching for that thing. And I think this is really before I, I obviously got into the internet. This is probably like, I don't know, maybe uh, 13 years ago. I was, at a, I was at a record store, and I was looking for this song. I had been looking for it for a very long time. Do you want to know how much money I spent to get this song? How
4: much? $45. <laughs>
1: that is how much I love this song. I spent $45 to get it. Uh, the reason why is this song was only available on a three-disc Pat Bennett's special collector's edition only found in the U.K. And the third disc, last song, Invincible, the Legend of Billie Jean theme, $45. I told my wife, I got to get this. She slapped me across the face a few times and let me buy it. So. That I wish is... I
2: would have known you back then. I would have sold you that.
1: Yeah. Dude, so this, this is... This is the second most expensive song I've ever paid. The first, this is the most expensive song I've ever paid for. The second was Backstreet Boys, but we won't tell nobody what song that was. So it's all good. (laughs) So that's how much I love Invincible. Um, Right. Please please tell me you love this song. Come on. It
4: is a good song.
1: It is amazing. I
4: I don't know if it's worth $45.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh. You know, Rebel Yell, The Mall Scene. Um, I mean we're going to go in order here in a little bit but you know just talking the music Rebel Yell, Billy Idol, I love this song. I mean I must listen to this song like once a week. It's just so good. Do it's you have song. Yeah, it's excellent. Do you have like uh, what's your favorite song off this album?
2: For me it's Rebel Yell. I love that song. Now I want to be Billy Idol for a while.
1: Excellent. Now do you like Invincible, sir?
2: I do like Invincible. I love it in this movie specifically. Where it's played and, and when they use it, it's great.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I guess uh, kind of pulling back the curtain for a lot of people, this is a very hard movie to find. I only have this on VHS. I actually got the uh, DVD version by taping it off of cable. Evidently, you guys found an alley somewhere and was able to, to yeah. buy a copy. And, yep. and you know, this movie is very, very hated. I mean, Pat Benatar, when she does Invincible, says this is from the worst movie ever, unfortunately, when she, I guess, performs this.
2: Yeah, she's embarrassed by the movie.
1: Yeah, which is very sad because, man, we got a lot of things to talk about. I'm going to say this right off the bat before we even get into the review Um, because there's some emails that have come in that people have never seen this before. And it's interesting, because we had some look at it based off 1985. We had people watch it based off 2013. Jameson, about two episodes ago on Mannequin, remember how me and you were talking about the decade of the 80s, how it was the most fantastical kind of out there, but everything worked?
2: Right, right. You could do anything
1: and make it work. This movie only works in 1985. I th- And if there's no way, no way you can remake this movie in 2013. There's none of this logic would ever work. You would have been caught by the police in so many different situations in this movie. It just wouldn't work. And I think if you watch this movie in a 1985 mindset, you will love this movie. If you watch this movie in a 2013 mindset, you are not going to dig it. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I agree. If you watch it, I mean, like you say, in the 2013 mindset, it's really easy to be jaded and be like, oh, roll your eyes, like, oh, that's stupid. But, you know, you do have to kind of suspend disbelief and remember what time this was made. And, you know, you kind of just kind of fall into the story. You know, it's a fun time.
1: Exactly. What do you think, Sarah?
2: I
4: agree. I mean, I I can think of... um a couple of specific places in the movie where it's just like, yeah, nowadays that just wouldn't happen. Like, you know, I think over time, um, you know, it's kind of like back then you could let your kids run, run wild and play in the yard. And now you're, you know, you always have an eye on them and, um, you know,
1: exactly. I
4: think when it comes to like, you know, she was a, a criminal, she was like an, you know, an outlaw. Um, and She had people that, you know, were supporting her and and helping her and kind of helping her run and helping her through, you know, um, through what she was going through. And now it would be like, no, you're on your own. You get caught. I want nothing to do with you.
1: Exactly. I mean, just, uh, you know, to kind of go a little bit ahead, when you get to the ending and, you know, you had the cops after you the whole movie. And then when she actually confronts the guy at the end, the cops aren't arresting her, she's talking, he's obviously, you know, they have the news reporter on him, and then they they do that fire and you don't have firemen trying to put out the fire or you anything <laughs> like that, you know? It's just this only works in 1985 where it's like, yeah, you know, let's burn it down and then we'll put out the fire, you know? I mean, little scenes like that are just like, okay, as long you know, it's like how did this whole like Bam, you just cut your hair, and now all of a sudden you got all these followers. You know, it just, everything works. Everything builds off every scene, and it works. But if you you just have, this is one of those movies that, unfortunately, you have to be in the mindset of 1985 when you watch it. And if you are, then you're going to love this movie, you know. So uh, let's get into it. Um, So our main actress is Helen Slater. She plays Billie Jean Davey. Now, Helen Slater, uh, obviously famous for Supergirl. Um, what do you guys think of Helen Slater's performance in this movie? Go
3: ahead.
4: Um, I love her in this movie. Um, in fact, I don't care for her very much otherwise.
1: Excellent. Um,
4: I've seen her in a, um, you know, the, the Supergirl role and, um, you know, I, I, I like her in Secret of My Success with, mm-hmm. uh, Michael J. Fox. But other than that, I, I don't, I don't care for her too much. She just, um kind of rubs me the wrong way, but I love her as Billie Jean. She is the perfect choice for this role.
2: Yeah, I kind of agree. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of Helen Slater, and uh, after watching this, this led to me watching another movie of hers, which <laughs> we might as well get into, is a movie that I cannot believe that neither Sarah nor I had ever heard of. Or seen, and it came out in the '80s, starring Patrick our, Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey, one of our favorite I,
4: actors. I can't believe the there's 80s. a Patrick Dempsey movie that I have not seen. I was
2: floored. So this movie with Patrick Dempsey and Helen Slater called Happy Together.
1: The suspense is killing me. That, <laughs> this is the movie Happy, Happy Together, together.
2: Movie that, that we watched last night because of kind of going on our IMDb page. I'm like, wait, here's a movie with Patrick Dempsey in 1987, and I didn't see this. It, like, unbelievable. i never even heard of it. And she was great in that, too, by the way. Really good movie. Um, but as far as Legend of Billie Jean, I thought she was great in it. I thought she was...
4: Can I interrupt? Can I? Can you tell them how you watched the movie?
2: On YouTube. In seven parts.
1: <laughs>
2: oh. That's the only <laughs> that's way I awesome. can find it. I love it's on that. on YouTube in seven parts, so check it out. Happy Together. Excellent. Excellent, hey, terrible movie.
1: Hey, that's how I uploaded The Zoo Gang was in ten parts. I know, I know you know the Zoo Gang, right? Right, right? Jason Gedrick, you know, come on. I mean, pre-Iron Eagle, this movie's phenomenal, and it's only on VHS. So I uploaded happy, it in 10 parts. So
2: Happy Together has Patrick Dempsey and Helen Slater and the uh, big dude from Head of the Class, the, the big fat uh, student from Hel- Head of the Class he's is in, also in it. Yeah,
1: he's there. in the Zoo Gang. Mark, uh, gosh, was Oh, man.
2: I can't remember the actor's name, but he was in it. I'm like, this is great. And he's in love with a mannequin in the movie. Dude, it's
1: 1980s. Excellent. <laughs> Come
2: on. It's awesome.
1: Now, her brother is uh, is Binks, which is Christian Slater. Helen Slater, Christian Slater. you think they'd be related, but they're not.
2: I thought that for years.
1: I know. And this is his first movie. Crazy, man. It was good times. I, lo- I really dig Christian Slater in this uh, movie. He's good times. What do you guys think of Christian Slater?
4: Um, I thought Kristen Sch- Slater was awesome. The the only thing that annoyed me about it was that s- stupid toy gun. <laughs> that thing just drove me nuts. It was just like you, you know you're gonna get yourself killed and like you know it, it eventually got him shot at the end.
1: But uh, right, right, I mean yeah, he's he's out you know, the he's car. He's, he's like know, those, those know, are real bullets, you know? And yeah. It's, it's like what an idiot. Seriously. Yeah,
4: but I mean I loved him in the movie. I um I I really like Kristen Slater. Actually told Jamie, I was just like, you know, a big fan of his, love his movies, but, you know, I never had the little girl crush on Christian Slater. He was kind of surprised.
2: Yeah, I was, actually. Um, See, and I thought, you know, obviously Christian Slater was really raw in this movie. Really raw. Being a kid, his first acting experience, really. um, I thought he was okay. You know, I didn't think he was anything great. I really do like Christian Slater, you know, especially you get into – Pump up the volume Heathers. era. You know, yeah, those are those are great. Um, this one I thought he was, he was all right. He was serviceable. You know, you need a kid.
1: Yeah. You know, the logo, you know, when the movie starts off, you see the legend of Billy Jean. That logo looks pretty cool. I like it. It's simple. I mean, we have a thing here. We talk about logos. That's what we do. That's and right,
2: logos and soundtracks.
1: Yeah, logos, soundtracks, it's all good. So I really dig the logo. It's simple, but it's got a really cool kind of, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Ah, Help me here, man. I'm, I'm it's got trying a nice
2: to... je ne sais quoi. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a lot like, you know, like a lot of the things in this movie. The style of it is cool. The style of this movie is cool. You know, it's it's very of its time, but it's, um, it, it's just everything about the style, the logo, the music of this movie is just a time capsule, you know, of, of, of cool style back in 1985.
1: Now, did you know this was produced by Rob Cohen?
2: I did. I saw that.
1: Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, we're talking Triple X, Fast and Furious, yep. uh, The mods, the Monster Squad. I mean, come on, dude. This guy. Great movie right there. Yeah, good times. And uh, what I really dig, well, I, I don't know if I really dig, but her two friends, which one of them goes to be in The Simpsons, you know. Oh, uh, Jamie can't stand her. I cannot stand
2: Yardley Smith. <laughs> yeah. Specifically in this movie. She is annoying. Very annoying. She's almost intolerable. Yeah. Um, no. I just I don't like her as an actress.
1: I do like Ophelia though, man. She's really sweet. I love every time she says, Oh my god, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I just love the way she says it. It's always funny. Do you guys like Ophelia or no? Oh yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, I really like her.
1: Excellent. And then, you know, what's funny is is when the movie starts off. Uh, it does seem kind of slow. You know, one of the emails, I know usually we get into that in emails, but one of them was saying it was kind of slow and really doesn't kick into gear until you get to the mall scene, which is kind of true. But, you know, the when it starts off, we get Hubie, which, I mean, dude, we talked about our douchebag skill last week. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, Hubie at first I thought was like, I don't know, maybe an eight. But then, you know, the dad comes in, of course. So Hubie, you know, I love when he gets the milkshake in the face from Christian Slater. That was good yeah. time. So what do you guys think of Hubie? He's not really in this movie a whole lot, but overall, what do you think?
4: Um, you know, I kind of, you know, I mean, he's a douche throughout the movie. And <laughs> it's just like, you know, um, he doesn't really see his dad, who his dad is until the end. And so I like him at the end of the movie. I like that he like walks away from his dad. And it was just like, I was so wrong about you. And, um, you know, so he kinda of becomes a little likable, but I mean he's just kind of the, the bully and um you know, uh he was
2: a wannabe Johnny Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there
1: you go. Now, Jameson, you love the snow, sir, right? I mean that's your that's your thing, man. You <laughs> you went the snow are like one, right? So
2: Right, right. I love I love the rapper <laughs> snow. I love everything about snow. <laughs>
1: So every time Christian Slayer's talking about the snow, I'm like, dude, you're ridiculous. Stop talking about snow. I don't want to hear about it. Shut up.
2: Going to Vermont. Nobody's obsessed with going to Vermont.
1: Seriously, man. I, I was like, no, I don't want to hear about snow. I mean, it's like 104 degrees right now. I mean, it could be a little bit cooler over here. I don't know how it is for you guys over in Wisconsin, but it's like 104 today. It's crazy. Yeah,
3: yeah it's, it's about hot. the same.
1: Yeah. Now, one actor that I really enjoy in this movie is uh, Detective Ringwall, Peter Coyote.
4: Yeah. I love him.
1: You know, right off the bat, he's on Billie Jean's side when, you know, Huey Hugh, basically messes up uh, Binks' scooter. He's just, you know, wants to be a jerk, messes it up, and Billie Jean goes to talk to Detective Ringwall, and immediately he's on her side. Now, you got to love, you know, the F-bomb. They do it twice in the same scene, but in PG-13, you can do it twice. You just can't do it three times, and you get an automatic R. You know, it's kind of how it was in the 80s. But I dig the chemistry between these two right off the bat. It's, like, it's kind of cool that a cop kind of believes in a teenager, which you don't usually see in these kind of movies, you know?
2: Yeah, and he seems like, to me at least, he seems like a cop who the rest of the force, like, he's not on the same page as everyone else. I mean, when you look towards the end and you see that he's, you know, he's trying to get the cops to listen to him. And they're like, whatever, dude. You know, it seems like he's a different cut of cop than everyone else on that force. Right. Uh, it is pretty cool. I like I like Peter Coyote too. He, he's really good. You know, she just wants her six hundred eight dollars. That's all she wants.
1: Yeah, and uh, we get the uh, the pre rape scene, man. Oof, this is yeah, this is brutal. Yeah. When, I, when I was when I was a kid, man, this is pretty brutal, man. I'm telling you, I was kind of scarred on this scene. What about you, Sarah?
4: Yeah, I um.
1: She's like, i, I got to think about
2: it. <laughs> yeah.
4: I don't know. He's just yeah, – he just is creepy. And I, But I just – I love her move. Four times. Oh. To the groin. I know. There's
2: a lot of groin shots in this movie.
4: Three with her knee, one with the guitar.
2: There was a lot of groin I mean, I just, crushing.
1: Oh, I love I, it.
4: I love it. it. I, she just nailed it every time.
2: Exactly. took a, a massive shot to the groin.
1: Now, yeah. for those of you who don't know, essentially, uh, when they mess up the scooter – in order to repair it, $608. I mean, $608 is expensive now. It's expensive in 1985. I mean, that's probably like, I don't know, $1,600 now. And Billie Jean wants to go get the money, and she goes to talk to the dad. And the father in this movie, which is kind of our main bad guy, is, uh, gosh, what's his Mr. Pyatt, played by Richard Bradford. Um, doesn't this guy kind of look like St- um, Stacy... Peach? Peach, yeah,
2: a little bit. Kind of, I can see that. He just—he's a dirtball ball in this thing.
1: Man, he, he is absolutely terrible. I mean, he basically says, "Well, come on upstairs." You know, you're kind of getting the 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 bad vibe, and he's like, "You know, normally people wouldn't pay this. It's usually, you know, your word over theirs." And he gives her fifty dollars, and that's when he tries to attempt to, you know, make moves on her. She gives him the kick, and she takes off. And okay, as I was saying, this is an '80s movie. Dude keeps a gun in his register, fully loaded, I might add, with the safety off. I mean, this, what, 2013, I, I guess this would work, but not just when you open the cash register, boom, there's a gun. You know, you would kind of have it more hidden, wouldn't you think? Right. So, but I got to admit, though, that was a really great shot for just staring at the gun, and then you accidentally shoot and you hit him right in the shoulder, you know, it's pretty good. Come on, guys, you got to work with me here.
2: All right. hey, hey. <laughs> we're deferring to each other, sorry.
1: <laughs> but, uh, you know, overall, we things kind of amp up, and that's when immediately what I love is, obviously they must not know where in the trailer they live. They know they're from the trailer, right? But they must not know where they are because immediately when they're shot, they're talking about, oh, the cops will have them apprehended at some point. But they have plenty of time to go home, grab their stuff, And take off. So are you kind of on that same vibe that they just didn't know exactly where they lived in the trailer?
4: Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, pre-internet. This is, you know,
2: cell phone, all that stuff.
1: Yeah.
4: You can't track people. And, you know, they don't even quite know what's going on anyway. You know, the shots fired, they run. And I mean, they're probably home before the cops even get there. Right. They're already on the run before they even know who they're going after.
1: Right, I mean, if gas is a dollar oh five, then cops are slow now.
4: I made a comment. <laughs> hey,
1: and that actually seemed expensive to me though.
4: Because in what eight eight it was ninety eight cents. Yeah, up oh. here it was ninety eight cents.
2: Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's why I, I saw that. I'm like a dollar five. That actually seems expensive for the
1: time. Dude, that's how much it was in Die Hard though. It was like a dollar oh four, a dollar oh three. If you go back and look at it, I always remember it's in the dollar section. So maybe it's, it's, in the the dollar dollar it's in the dollar section. <laughs> I mean, it, you, maybe you guys are having a deal or something at that time. I don't know. I mean, I had one a uh, couple, I don't know, maybe it was like 15 years ago. Hey, gas is 99 cents if you come now between the next 30 minutes and then you buy so, so much of this much of food or something. So I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure what your promotion was, but. It's, that's
2: what that gas, was ga- what that's gas what was. Regular gas was because I delivered really? pizzas at the time. And that's the only way I could afford to deliver pizzas in a Chevy Blazer. Wow. Was because it was ninety eight cents a gallon that year.
1: Man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah.
2: Man. Look it up.
1: <laughs> Good times. Now, what I do love is uh, when Detective Ringwald finds out about you know him being shot. He's like, oh, "Looks like I blew this." When he sees the yearbook picture of Billy Jean, and I love how he immediately goes, "You know, let's talk about that scooter." And, again, it proves to you that he's on Billie Jean's side, you know, for once. Oh,
4: well, two- yeah, because, I mean, Billie Jean came to him first. Before he she went anywhere else, she said, listen, this kid wrecked his scooter, you know. Exactly. Like- can you help us? Can How can you ha- handle this? And it didn't get handled, so she had to take it into her own hands. And that he's just like, I failed. Like, I just failed this girl. And I think that's why he kind of had this connection with her. Like, I need to make this right because really none of this should have happened.
1: Exactly. And I dig how she has, you know, a set of rules. You know, immediately when they're talking about how we're outlaws. And she's like, we're outlaws, but we're not crooks. Well, I'm a hungry crook, you know. I mean, little comments like that. It was pretty cool to see that even though she was really, you know, she's really scared, she immediately had her morals in check. You know, she's like, we're on the run, but we need to not be criminals and stuff. And
4: yeah, because like, uh, Banks was just like, you know, when the, they had the, the, they're signing autographs to that, um, those group of kids. And he's like, kid was like, you know, were you, did you guys rob that store? And he's like, yeah, that was us. And she's like, no, we didn't. Like, you know. <laughs> Did you burn down that school? Oh yeah. Yeah. Or he's like,
1: No, dude, we don't do schools. I know, that's awesome. It's,
4: you know. one,
1: it's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> you know, there's one thing that you know, I'm glad you're on, Sarah. You can maybe give me a, a better perspective on this. So immediately she she starts to get this reputation really fast. And she immediately like it starts obviously when Mr. Pyatt starts to sell her crap. You know, somebody wants to buy the poster. It's mm-hmm. like why do you think she immediately had a bunch of followers or cause maybe was it the fairest fair? Somebody heard that and said, Hey, that's a good concept. I mean, what is, what do you think the motivation is behind her instant um, follower status?
4: You know, but well, the, the picture was sold before the fairest fair. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, I think right. that that was just like, you know, um, like if I could think of how I would have been a teenager in the eighties, like that's going to be worth something someday like that, you know, it's just kind of what was going on. Like, oh, that's a picture of her. I want a picture of her. Um, her following, you know, she chopped off all her hair, and then the Ferris fair, fair came, and that was when, you know, that was when she really, I don't know. Um, she
2: reached the icon status. Yeah, she yeah. Was a, you know, she was. She was a, an outlaw. She was one of those cool outlaws. But I, I might be wrong in my chain of events, but was the mall scene before the fair is Fair, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. Right? See, so, I she, mean, one she, of my favorite. One of my favorite things was the news interviews at the mall where the the reporters talking to all the people and they're like, oh man she's so cool blah 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 going on and on about her I mean she's already through the news right you know? that's kind of what makes her you know kids are watching like oh here's one of us you know sticking it to the man or whatever.
1: I mean, the mall scene is my favorite scene of this whole entire movie. You know, did the G.I. Joe walkie talkies, yeah? By the way, the IOUs, I I mean,
2: talkies did not work from one end of the house to the other, much less through a mall, through a parking garage.
1: And did Dumb and Dumber steal the IOUs from Legend of Billie Jean or what? (laughs) I I, I think so. I mean, seriously. But I mean, the fairest fair first comes when she's uh, on the phone with detective and just says, you know, we just want we want fairest fair. That's the first time she says it. Then she doesn't say it again until later on in the film. And then that's when we get the mall scene. That's my favorite. That's where we get the Billy Idol, you know, uh, rebel yell. I love the mall scene. It's great, especially you know when she kicks him, he falls down the escalator. I love the little kid. Talking about, you know, the little kid with the glasses was great. Yeah, yeah. That whole mall scene, dude, I mean, we talk about montages all the time. This is like the mannequin ending with, yeah. with him running through the department store.
2: Right. The, the, the whole escalator running fighting scene is great.
1: Um, is this your favorite scene of the movie?
4: Um, you know, I have, um, I couldn't even tell you what my favorite scene is, um, I think that I think that the um, the bonfire at the end is probably my favorite scene, where everybody's kind of like just they had just spent all of this money on their Billie Jean gear, and then they're just throwing it in the fire.
0: Right. Um,
4: I I don't know why I think that you know the whole um the effigy, the um no what's the her little statue thing? Yeah. Um, just you know, kind of that falling, and then suddenly you know she's in Vermont, and nobody knows who right. she is yeah. she can't she's hitchhiking she can't you know um i think that that is my favorite scene because i think that that was like a great conclusion to the whole thing right. that it's over like right. not only is she's you know everybody's getting rid of her stuff and they're all throwing it into the fire she doesn't get arrested it's just it's over right um and so i just i think that that i just i really like the ending i have a lot of favorite scenes in the movie but i think that one when, when i think of this movie, I think of that scene.
1: Yeah, I have I have a lot of favorite scenes. The mall is my favorite, but that's an excellent pick. I definitely dig it. It's kind of like a fallen idol coming down, you know. And mm-hmm. it's it is cool to see everybody again. That's an '80s thing. Guys taking off their shirts to throw it in the fire. You know, you wouldn't see that in 2013. That's I for sure. like, no, I paid too much
4: money for this. I'm right, not, not no fire.
1: I'm going to put that on eBay. <laughs> you know,
4: and I I also think that it's funny. You know, she's the whole thing is is around his scooter. And they he gets his scooter in the end, and then they move to Vermont, and there's no more scooter. He, right. he wants the snowmobile, right. and it's like, so was it all worth it for the scooter? Well,
2: then, you know. That's what I love too. Is she is so one-minded through the entire movie, like through everything. It's like, no, I just want no. E- even when she gets the money, like, wait, no, whose money is this? You know, or who paid for the who paid for the scooter? You're like, oh well, you know, well I did. Like, no, no, you know, it's just. It's so funny how one-minded she is when you when you look at it from now you know nowadays perspective. It's kind of ridiculous.
1: Well, not really. I mean, she's she's got a standard and she's sticking with it. I mean, she's on a mission and she's got a mission statement. I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's probably why a lot of people like her character is from beginning to end she stays the same in her you know her her stance. I mean, she does. It's
2: just you know it's it's interesting to see how someone becomes a folk hero off of that stance, off of the, the base stance of, you know, fair is fair, yes, but I want my
1: $608. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'm feeling serious slapping you across the face right now. It's kind of when I'm, I'm feeling that tension across the microphone here.
3: <laughs> am
1: I right or am I wrong? A little bit. All right, excellent. So the next guy I want to talk about, what I love, is Keith Gordon. This guy, I really enjoy because I've been, I, I love him in Christine, I love him in Back to School, Jaws too, but this guy for me is just great, and he, he's a director now, but I've just always liked his quirkiness. I kind of felt like he was an underrated actor, and I don't know, I really dig this guy. You guys probably gonna say I don't like him, but I love him
2: in Back to School, man, love him.
4: Yeah, I, I I really like him, and I actually like him in this movie. And I even said, I'm like Jamie, name what movie he's in before we even he even came on. Just when the credits, um, the opening credits were coming up, he had to look it up. He didn't even know who it was.
2: Uh, the name, yes. The name,
4: the name. The name. Had he seen who it was, he would have known. But
2: exactly, yeah, he
4: didn't know him by name. Um, but uh, yeah, I really like him, and I like um. You know, and this, again, this is something that never would happen nowadays where he's just kind of like, oh, I'm coming with you. I got nothing better to do with my life. Like, I'll, you know, I'll be your hostage, you know.
2: Um, I love the fact that he has a water slide coming out of yes. his bedroom window. Yes. I'm down with that.
1: Yeah, that is uh, that is really amazing. Um, you know, his name is kind of similar to Keith Coogan, you know, Mr. Adventures right. Babysitting, you know, and, and so on and so forth. So in regards to that swimming pool. I love it. It's good times. I mean, it was kind of cool. He just jumps out the window and everybody's freaking out and it's kind of cool. I mean, again, in the eighties, you would just jump in a pool nowadays. Oh, let me take off my, my cell phone. Let me put it over here and let me take a gun in the pool with me. Yeah. You know, it's like now we would be so like have to think twice you know, or we wouldn't, we wouldn't just be so reaction to like these guys were. They're just like, whatever, you know, it's fun. Let's jump in a pool. You know, and I, I really dig that because we don't see that in movies nowadays, you know. So I agree. Excellent. Very good. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> so the, um, the haircut. Um,
4: I love the haircut.
1: Excellent. So do oh. I. It's good times. I really dig it. You know, it's funny how just watching Joan of Arc and she just gets the idea that, hey, it's time to stand up for something. And she cuts her hair. She does a really good job for uh, the bathroom. St- yeah. She looks
2: better with short hair, too.
1: Yeah. You think
2: Way so? Way better.
1: And I'm partial to short hair. I'm,
2: I'm partial to short hair, too. So maybe and, so. but
1: And you guys know I love the long hair, but I admit she looks really great. And I have to admit, in the movie, she looks really good, but on the poster... I don't dig the way it looks on the poster. I don't know. Shame, Mike, shame. I know. It just, it looks so different on the poster than it does in the movie. And I'm just like, eh, it looks okay. But, you know, in the movie, I'm like, okay, top notch, good times. And
2: how many days do you think it took for that short haircut craze to sweep the nation? Because in the movie, it looks like the next day, everyone has that haircut. Oh,
4: yeah, she was on the news. She sent the tape
2: to all the news stations. Everybody cuts their hair. It's like that night, everyone cut their hair.
1: I give it 48 hours in the movie is what I give it. I mean, the, the news, I mean, like you said, there's no internet. You know, the new. I mean, look at it. I love the little kid that comes in with the video cassette. Yes, he is so stinking is, cute. Yeah. He, he's so cute, but this tells you how fast things are spreading. When he hands the tape to Detective Ringwald, it's already on the air. Yep. It was like, what was the point of the kid giving him the video when it was just going to be on because air? Because he
4: does the fairest Fair at the end, and he's so <laughs> he's
1: so cute. Right, but that's what I mean is that this this thing is spreading like wildfire, like wildfire. So it makes perfect sense that the hair thing caught on in less than 48 hours, if that. So yep. it, I mean, it definitely stays consistent with what it's trying to say. Um, the uh, the dead, uh, Mr. Keith Gordon's dead. Uh, Mr. Quantum Leap, what's your t- uh, what's Dean your thoughts Stockwell. on Dean Stockwell, Mr. District Attorney? Yeah. What did you I think? I
2: love Dean Stockwell, but man, is he just a
1: turk in this movie. Yeah. Can't stand him. What's the deal, man? He's telling Mr. Detective how to run things.
4: Yeah. Yes. I mean, he's like the typical, you know, like the 80s rich guy. Like the, I have more money than everybody, I'm better than everybody. He's like and the bad guy in Roadhouse. Yeah, just, you know. Um, just a snob. Um, Teresa's son like crap and, you know, isn't really concerned about his welfare. He's concerned about his image because he's running for district attorney.
1: Right? Right. He's attorney general. Attorney general. He's trying to be attorney general. And then, you know, he gets mad. uh, Lloyd does that he's only worth $10,000 to his father. Right. Yeah. He's like, that's it? That's all
4: he's willing to pay? Yeah.
1: When clearly he's a millionaire. So it's, you know, he's just like, oh, that's great. And she's like, you're supposed to be taking your pills. I've been taking one since we left the house, you know, yeah,
4: because Billy Jean cured his asthma. Right.
1: Exactly. exactly yeah.
2: That is the legend of Billy Jean.
1: <laughs> it's the kiss. There's asthma. Yeah. The kiss did it all. And uh, this is when Invincible, not the song, but the music starts to kick in is the, uh, the I like to call it the Invincible montage, you know, where she, she does the like run in, through the um, wait, does that
2: happen? It's like the Pied Piper. She's gathering kids.
1: Oh, I'm trying to think. Okay, wait, hold on. Does this happen before, or after? Starts during the walk. Those. Co- okay, sorry. The. Does
4: it start during the walk? The, I, thought it, where, I thought it started um when she, the one chick picked her up and then she was just getting rides from.
1: No, this is where people. they're they're sitting in the car and the girls like, "Are you Billy Jean?" And she's like, "No," and that's when the putter's like, "Yep." And then she's like, something's got to be done about little whatever his name was. And then she decides to take a walk. And then that's when all the kids start to follow her. And I'm right, like, oh, right. those are terrible clothes, by the way. I'm like, so glad I don't live in the 80s anymore with those terrible clothes. And she's like, she's got all these people around her. And she looks and she's like, so I got to go in there, you know. And you just have Putter like, you can do it. Just smile at her. And that's kind of where everything starts. I mean, right? I mean, this is where her, her clan starts to build is at this point, right? In the game?
2: Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean she starts to build the actual following and you see that, you know, she is kind of almost like a like a Billy the Kid type where she comes into town and people are willing to protect her. They're not going to turn her in. They you know, most of the people see her as a folk hero, so they want to protect her and they're like, "Hey, you know, something needs to be done with this. None of us will do it. You do it." So she walks into that house and you can tell she's scared. She doesn't know what she's doing, but knows that she has to do something. She walks to that house that, you know, like, no, nah, he's coming. And the Dad's like, no, he ain't. And yeah. she looks outside. You know, they both look outside and see the crowd outside the windows. Gives her courage. Right. You know, like, no, no. You know, and, and, and he sees everyone standing out there like, uh, obviously, the kid's not worth it. Go right. Ahead, do what you want
1: with him. You exactly. Come and it was during that walk is where we started to hear "Invincible" for the first time, just the little snippets here and there, and it was eventually building up to the "Invincible" montage where she goes from car to car to car.
4: Right, right.
1: Which I really dig. I love that one. But
4: again, something that would never happen in this day and age, you know?
1: Ex- exactly.
4: Have randoms? You first of all, you wouldn't get into a random stranger's car, even if you think they're helping you or not. But you know, you wouldn't just pick up somebody who is supposedly a criminal you know, and, and take them wherever they need to go.
1: Yeah, get in the car, get in the car, you know? And it's like, seriously, you're, you're right. That would so not happen. Even if you're looking like the criminal you're picking up, chances are they're going to have a gun or they got a knife and they're going to stab you by the end of the night. So right. I'm sorry, people. That just would not work in today's in today's society. So, I mean, this is definitely a period piece film. I mean, it's like... <laughs> yeah,
4: definitely.
1: Only works in this time frame, you know? It's not like Back to the Future where, you know, you can still look at it now and be like, wow, that's just so good. Now you're like, wow, this wouldn't work in 2013, you know. I just – I I just, I love movies like that because it makes you appreciate them more. But for people that have never seen this and coming into it is definitely going to hurt things, which we'll get into in emails.
4: Well, and, and, you know, if you have somebody like, you know, my kid's age, they don't know what it was like in the 80s and they would look at this movie and be like – what is
2: going on? Why are these like people just... so
1: stupid. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
2: So they're in the town, and then the one thing I love is so that that big redneck in the in the truck. Yeah. Well, oh, that shoots her. her. Like oh, like that's I'm her. gonna get
4: ten thousand dollars. And
2: pulls out a hunting rifle and pulls off the most amazing shots as his truck is bouncing down the street. As the <laughs> Car is taking off and he fires a shot while his girlfriend is like pulling on his arm and is able to blow out the window and then blow out the tire.
1: You know, like, you got like a military sniper. You got to admit, Ophelia, That girl from get go knew how to drive that car, man. Oh
2: yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Oh yeah. She should be a stunt driver. She, didn't in want to take it up. she
2: had to take care of it though.
1: Yeah.
4: She was afraid of daddy. She's I, like, my dad's gonna kill me. I gotta,
2: I gotta fill it with gas. We're on the run, but I gotta fill gas. I love that me, Jason, <laughs> she's like, I gotta give each other's gas and he checks it every time.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's. i every time I just see her just. Going through the gas station and doing those, you know, 180s. It's like, man, girl, should be a NASCAR. You're so good with that thing. I mean, My- Michael Myers wasn't even that good driving that car back in the day. It's like you're doing good, girl. So I love it. Um. So the Invin- the Invincible montage, where she's going from car to car, and then eventually ends up where she goes down, and everybody's clapping for. What would you think of that montage?
4: Um. You know. Um. First of all, I don't even know where she started from. Like, what was she doing when she first got picked up? I know she was running, but... How,
1: Is it, this
2: where she's looking for her brother?
1: They yeah. were, No, they were going to... They were to, split
4: up. Oh, they were at the country club.
1: Yeah, they were going to get a new car. Yeah, they turned um, in the girls, and then they were going to get a how new
4: How many cars do you have to take to get to, to some place that's maybe like 20 minutes away? <laughs> you know, like, that was my thing. I'm like, that's a whole lot of, you know, transferring cars and then, you know... Um, And then to go to a place where everybody's waiting for her and then, okay, now we can take you to the mini golf place, you know? Um.
1: Well, I mean, to be fair, this is Corpus Christi, Texas we're dealing with. And they did a lot of driving throughout this movie. So we really don't know how close to home they really were. Right. So, I mean, I see where you're coming from, but they did a lot of driving before this where, I mean, they could have been anywhere and she needed, maybe she, she was working backwards, obviously to go back to that place. So that's kind of what I got is like, Texas is a big place. She got in the middle of it and she's trying to go back right, right. to the, you know, the golf place to find her brother. Cause that's where she knows that, you know, he would go, but right. I, I, um, I really dig it.
4: So. Yeah. And as far as, you know, like the whole, um, you know, going down to this basement and you know, she has a, her whole like little fan club there, um, you know, I kind of wish that they would have shown what the purpose of that was. Did she give a speech? Did she, you know, did they like present her with like some money to help her out? Like kind of what was the purpose of that? That, you know, it was just like she walks down the stairs, they're clapping for her, and then she ends up, you know, where her brother is. So I kind of would have liked to know what the purpose of that gathering was.
2: The one thing I really like, though, is you talk about the Invincible montage. You're talking about the song. Is I love how every time she's about to have a quote-unquote Billie Jean moment, the, the Invincible song just kind of starts up in the background. Yep. You know, it just kind of sometimes faintly, you know, just kind of, but noticeably, it, it's like, okay, here comes, she's about to become quote-unquote Billie Jean, you know, the, the legend. And I, I like how they use that throughout the movie, that it's not, they don't just play the song, you know, in, in a montage, and that's it, that they use it almost as her anthem every time she's about to have a moment. Oh, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. I really do. I, I just love the way that they kind of build the song up just from the, the first walk she does with those kids and eventually starts to just get bigger and louder. And then they start to play the whole song, of course, and then they'll play it at the very end. But uh, I mean, I hear what you're saying, Sarah, in regards to the, the following down there. But I think she was more in shock of like, wow, all these people are here for me. Right. I mean, what is she going to say, really? I mean, she, she's definitely a shy girl. I mean, I kind of got that feeling, and then she's eventually getting confidence in herself. But, I mean, even she says she's getting lost in this monster when she reunites uh, with Lloyd and just says, I don't even know who I am anymore. he goes, you're Billie Jean, you know, just kind of put her back in her place. But I don't think she said anything. I think she just kind of looked around, said thanks, and took off, you know. But that's kind of the cool parts of this movie is you can kind of build your own story, I guess. But, yeah, you know. Um, what I do love is the, uh, I could use a steak line when, the, you know, they call the detective and they're like, I got to know that Lloyd is okay. How you doing, son? I could use a steak and everybody starts <laughs> laughing in the background. It's one of my favorite lines in the film, man. It's good times. I
3: like
1: that. Yeah. And then, um, the, uh, we get to the end with the, uh, with the beach scene. The thing that I found out of character was the mom. Because the mom is all, like, of course, worried, as she should be. She's a mom. And then she gets into the hype when she's all being interviewed and stuff. She's all, like, happy-go, you know, like, this is awesome. It's like she's not worried about her son. She's not worried about her daughter out there. It's just like, hey. I'm famous now.
2: She's like, I yeah. know
4: Billie Jean too. <laughs> yeah, where it's just like, you know, my kids are might be going to jail, and they might not even live through this. And
2: did they murder somebody,
4: right?
1: Right. So I mean, that's crazy. And then when Putter shows up, I'm sorry, she cannot pull off the short hair, man. No, no. I'm sorry.
0: No,
2: it accentuates her face. It was
4: and strange. her beady eyes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It was terrible. Yeah, she's got I mean, a, I get she's it. She's got a face for animation.
4: Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get the the whole, um, the, the purpose of it. And, you know, uh, they could have given her a better short haircut. I mean, it probably, her face is too round and she probably couldn't have pulled it off as well. But it could have been a better haircut
2: that's today's beauty tip from yeah
4: (laughs) i'm just saying i mean yeah but i mean but there was a purpose behind it you know right um it kind of finishes off her story and her her part in in the whole um uh whatchamacallit
1: whatchamacallit. (laughs) the old you? for female listeners that was your beauty tip right
4: (laughs) um no but i mean um you know, she was a part of it. And even though they um, kind of turned them, you know, got caught early and, you know, they're brought back to the police station, it kind of finishes out her story and her um, role her right. role in it. Um, so I like the symbolism of it, but it was a very bad haircut.
1: <laughs> agree, agree. I do like the sunrise shot where you see, you know, Christian Slater obviously dressed yes. up as Billie Jean. It, it does a really good job of making you think it's her. I just, there's something way the sunrise is done and the shadowing. It just, it's a beautiful shot. I really enjoy that shot. It's amazing. And then
2: here comes douchebag again.
1: Oh. Colin Binks. It's out. not her. It's, it's not, not her. her. He's all a <laughs> trick. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. And then he's like, "Shut up, you idiot!" And then he puts the gun and gets shot in the arm, which luckily. If it was 2013, man, you would not have gotten shot in the arm. I'm sorry. Yeah,
2: but that's what I'm talking about, too. When we were talking about, you know, the, the the cop, you know, he goes up there. Here the district attorney is telling the cops to, you know, to shoot. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, who told the cops to even show up? Like, I got this handled. Like, yeah, I called like, him. And so he goes running up there to tell what is presumably his
1: coworkers. Like, hey, I got this scene. You know, you guys so need to stand And the out, guy's right? like,
2: whatever. It <laughs> just keeps aiming at him like.
1: What? Right. I mean he's like, I'm a cop, you're a poli- you're a cop, I'm a politician, you know, and it's like seriously, this guy has some major issues. When he gets shot, here's the thing. When Billy Jean takes off the thing on top of the scooter, any normal person would have known, Hey, cops, look, Billy Jean, you know, right. It's,
4: it's- right. What are they gonna just gonna let some random person up there touching this? Somebody with scooters. a horrible wig,
1: yeah, <laughs> held, on a, held on by a scrunchie. Even when I was There's a, a bandana. kid, even when I was a kid, that always bothered me. When I was like, nah, that that doesn't seem right. You know, that was too easy, if you will. You know, it was like, okay, that feels like a writing snob or something. There, I don't know. Yeah, it was
2: just yeah a shortcut.
1: Yeah, a shortcut. But uh, then we get you know your favorite scene, the ending. And it's I'm telling you, man, this for the eight i mean this typical eighties you got the the great ending, and you know she gets the confession out of them, and I love it. you just have the cops just smiling and they let her go, but you get the burning of you know the her stuff and the big oh man this this ending is phenomenal, it really is it's good times,
2: yeah, I agree, I agree, I think it's a good ending for this for this story um. You know, obviously, bad guys got to get us come up and somehow. And I like how they did it. You know, I, I, I like that he was more or less just kind of shamed at the end. You know, more than just like, oh, he gets busted and gets thrown into jail. You know, I like the fact that she she shamed him in front of everybody. Yeah, he
4: had public humiliation. Exactly.
2: You know, and he's, he didn't seem too frantic as his stand is burning down. Like, hey, guys, we got some water here. Hey, somebody give me a hand here. You need some water. You know, that seemed weird, but um, I, I like how that works. You know, she gets to retain the, you know, the legend image as the, you know, the girl who brought down this one man. But, um, yeah, I like, the, I like the end of this movie.
1: Now, I, the only thing I don't like is the, you know, after she smiles, she gives a kiss to Lloyd, and then we, you know, we go to, you know, all the snow. I'm confused because I feel like there's no resolution. Like, why are they still hitchhiking? It's like, are they are they still on the run? You know, it just... I, I'm i kind of left with more questions than, you know, answers, basically. Yeah,
4: like, her and Lloyd are supposedly in love, and he's rich. Why didn't he join her, and...
1: Yeah, it's like, is Lloyd behind the door waiting to come out? Because, see, when I was a kid... I thought that snow thing, the snowmobile was his, you know, but then I'm like, oh, well, he says far out. He's just admiring it. But when you look up online and you read this, like the plot synopsis, it just says that uh, at the end of the film, Billie Jean and Binks find themselves far up in Vermont seeking some uh, fr- a fresh start, you know, essentially.
2: Yeah, I think it's just that they the writers felt that they they had teased Vermont so many times in the movie That I think that you have to show the audience they got that, right? You know that Binks got Vermont. You know for whatever reason, you know they didn't really explain it all that well, but I think that they felt like well we have to at least deliver
1: on that. (laughs) Is that is? Do we have a special guest with us? We do. We (laughs) We have another
2: another podcast premiere.
1: um, Excellent.
2: My my little six month old daughter Tears is on with us.
1: Hey, she's a little movie uh, girl. She's been she
2: is man. She's six months old. She's seen. She's been to the theater six times so far. What did she think of
1: Billy Jean?
2: Uh, as far as I know, she loves it. <laughs> she's, you know, she's had her hands in the air. You know, she agrees. <laughs> fair is fair. What are you gonna
1: do? My my little girl, you know, she she just started kindergarten, and uh, she's usually like pooped by like five or six. So she was she was kind of out cold. And I started watching this movie like around 7.30, and then my, my wife came down because she wasn't feeling good, and she sat down with my little one. And, and every time Invincible would play, she would pump up her fist in the air. <laughs> it was it was crazy, especially the ending. Awesome. Yeah, I was like, oh, there you go. So overall, what would the three of you uh, rate this movie? <laughs> yeah.
2: Sarah, you go ahead. You give
4: your score um, first. You know, <laughs> it's a – it's a bad movie. It, I mean, it's just it, there's a reason why it's not up there in like one of the greatest '80s movies. But I just personally love it. Um,
2: we now we we do take into a, into account nostalgia here. Okay, we, exactly. We, nostalgia okay. is a, is a definite scorer for for us.
4: Um, so in that case, I have to give it four to a four and a half because you know um, it would be five, but it just. There are just a couple of parts that I could do without, and um, so yeah.
1: Kind of like the ones that we touched on, right? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That's a that's fair enough. That's definitely how we would rate around here. So good. Okay. Job. Good. That's right. Excellent. Yeah.
2: I mean, Casablanca's a five, you know, and Mannequin is a four and a half. You know, I mean, <laughs> this is how
1: we rate. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave Mannequin a five stars. So <laughs> exactly. Come on.
2: Um. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think you know, like you say, this. It's not a. It's not a. Great movie. Technically, it's you know not that great. The, I, I enjoy the story. There's some holes in it that you know are just kind of weird, and and some of the performances, like I say, Christian Slater and Yardley Smith, I really don't like that much in this movie. Um, but it's what it is. Is it's a great teen melodrama. Oh. It, it delivers on that part, and teen melodramas are hard to do well. Yeah, you know it is very easy to make them hokey overdone, dramatic, just, you know, and it, it, it's hard. And I think a big part of it is that you could get away with things that nowadays you can't, like we've said, this is the eighties, man. The eighties were great. I mean, weren't they just the best, you know? And, yep. and so I, I think that this movie it serves well having that. And so for a teen melodrama, I mean, for me, I, <laughs> I have a different perspective because I really don't remember it the first time I saw it all that much. So this was kind of like watching it from the beginning again. Right. Um, for me, I'm torn between a three and a half and a four. You know, it's, it's somewhere in that range.
1: All me. right. Now let me ask you this. Um, is this better than some kind of wonderful?
2: Yes. Yes, yeah, definitely. Definitely.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. You gave some kind of wonderful a three and a half.
2: I did give it a three and a half. So I would give this a four then.
1: There you go. I would I would agree with your score. Four star, a uh, solid four stars. Um I love the music. Um there's I there's so many scenes that I love in this movie. This is definitely I feel a Chick Flick for guy cuz this is about girl power. I mean, no doubt about it, right? Yeah. I mean, you just have your a main uh female powerful woman that's just surrounded by her supporters and you got just total 80s the clothes everything and uh outside of the little issues i had you know that nostalgia factor wise i mean if this was just like 2013 maybe maybe a two and a half three but with nostalgia and how much i love this movie it's a solid four stars all across the board um i think it's helen slater's best movie i think supergirl would maybe be two i don't know i'd have to rewatch it but this is my favorite helen slater movie and um, it's good times, man. I, I really love this flick. I give it four solid stars. And would you guys agree? This is definitely a chick flick for guy movie.
2: I definitely agree. Yeah, I mean, I agree. coming from a guy's perspective.
1: Excellent. And yeah. Good way. Good way to close out the series, sir.
2: Indeed. You know what's. You know what's funny too is I, I'm not sure if you've seen this, but uh, I was kind of doing a little research on this movie, and you know, I was reading more about Pat Benatar and her. You know her real. Dislike for this movie, her embarrassment over this movie. Yeah. And that is one of the main reasons, I guess, that we don't have a DVD release. It took, it's taken so long is because she has been fighting, you know, giving up rights to this song for the DVD release is what I was reading. But recently she, they, they came out with a, a comedy, uh, a, com- a musical comedy called Invincible which is a musical comedy based on this movie.
3: Really? Yeah.
2: That, huh. That's been performing out in California and different places. Kind of like, you know, an off off Broadway take on this. It is definitely a comedic take on it, but she allowed them to have the music for for that. Wow. Which kind of uh, is, is interesting if you if you come out in your shows and be like, "Oh, it's from the worst movie ever made. You know, oh, I'm embarrassed by it." But then somebody's like, "We want to do something about it." Okay, sure. You know, money talks. Um, But I love this soundtrack, man. And, and, you know, we talk about Billy Idol and and her, but another group that's on this that I really liked was the Divinals had a couple of songs on it, too. Yep. This is a good soundtrack.
1: Yeah, it really is. Um, Rebel Yell, man. That's why I I picked up. That's that's why I fell in love with Billy Idol. It wasn't No Cradle of Love. It was Rebel Yell, man. That's still my favorite Billy Idol song for sure.
2: It's mine, too, man. In fact, there was a time. Oh, boy. I don't know. 18, 19 years ago where I got into bleaching my hair white and uh, <laughs> wanted to be like Billy Idol and I, I went everywhere trying to find Rebel Yell because that was suddenly my theme song at the time. <laughs> it's so embarrassing, but it's true. I wanted to be him.
1: Heck yeah, man. I love it. It's good times. So uh, I think that will do it for our rating and uh well, yeah. was, oh there there you go I, I guess I guess you get four stars as well, huh? <laughs> Excellent. So uh, should we hear what the uh, STL nation has to say? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. So uh, we officially have an email from Hurricane Andrew, sir. All
2: right. Yeah,
1: because, you know, he reviewed us on iTunes. Excellent. Thank you so much. iTunes reviews are so hard to come by now. They are
2: amazing, and so are you for giving us one.
1: Oh, man. So here is what he had to say. Dear Mike, so here is my first official email. I first saw The Legend of Billy Jean when I was about 10 years old, and I loved it. I haven't seen it recently, so I guess I'm overdue on a viewing. This is just such a classic teen-against-the-world kind of movie that makes you identify and love it so much as a rebellious young person. When you're that young and feel the world is against you, it's fun to stick it to the man through fictional characters. I really like how they try to uh, paint a portrait of Billie Jean as a modern-day Joan of Arc, a martyr for every young woman who ever been told to sit down and shut up by authority. I thought all the main actors did a good job But it's more of a cult classic because it's more of a fun movie than a good movie. For me, I give it three out of five stars. I was disappointed to learn that IMDb said that Pat Benatar, uh, best known for introducing Invincible, uh, says that, you know, up next from the worst movie ever, Invincible, uh, which we've talked about. So thank you again for keeping me entertained on our car trip down to Disney a few weeks ago. You helped me. Uh, You help make many hours on the road pass uh, merely for a 22-hour drive. Man, it's crazy. I got to catch up on a lot of episodes, but my favorite episode so far is the interview with uh, our friend of the podcast, Billy Zabka and Martin Cole. Yeah.
4: Well, that's kind of hard to top.
1: Yeah. What What'd you think of that four and a half hour episode, Sarah? Or uh, did you not uh, listen to that?
4: I only listened to the interview. <laughs> that's, what,
1: that's what I was hoping yeah, you were yeah. gonna say. Hey, I don't
4: have a whole lot of time in my day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a fun interview though. I mean, what'd you say? It was, oh.
4: Yeah, it was. I was I was a little jealous.
1: Yeah, it was so cool. Oh,
4: you know that was one of those like that. You know, um, being a a lover of eighties movies, it was like you know he was like, why does he have to be so mean? He's so cute. Yeah, I always thought he was such a you know a good-looking guy, but he was just such a jerk that I just I couldn't like him.
1: And and here you go, he's the nicest and classiest yeah, guy ever. Yeah, he really is. Awesome, he's a
4: really good guy.
1: Um, and Andrew says I know you're in favor of the recent news of Ben Affleck getting in the role of Batman, but I was really pulling for Josh Brolin. Also, some of my personal top uh, movie theme songs off the top of my head are Terminator. Saw, Rocky, Jaws, Rambo, Requiem for a Dream, Nolan's Batman theme. Excellent. Uh, Jurassic Park, Transformers, and the Predator theme. So keep it good in the hood, Andrew. Cool. Good time. So thank you, sir, for writing in. Excellent. All right. The next one comes from Time Traveling Peter. Here we go. It says, greetings, Masunas and Jameson. I just watched the movie for the first time just to hear your podcast. Uh, it was a little hard getting into it at first, but I think I picked up. I think it picked up once they went on the run. I don't think this movie holds up now. I think it's better for those who grew up watching it. I thought Helen Slater was okay as Supergirl. I don't like her acting so much in this one. I did, however, like her with the short hair. It was crazy seeing Christian Slater so young and scrawny. Uh, i first saw him in gleaming the cube excellent movie great movie which i think he did two movies later um mrs uh yearly smith wasn't good either but she goes on to do herman's head and voices lisa simpson and mr dean stockwell aka al calvinci from quantum leap fame brings a certain presence on screen overall i think i give it 3.25 stars uh, the two things I like most was the soundtrack and how it was mostly filmed where I was born, Corpus Christi, Texas. Currently, I'll be finishing up those other episodes that I haven't listened to yet, so I can be at 100%. Uh, Sarah, this guy—he went through the whole catalog in like two weeks. It's ridiculous. Oh. Just listen to everything. Yeah, like 100. 100- sick, sick man. It's like 156 episodes up there with all the underground hours, and oh, wow. which, by the way, you guessed satisfaction. Congratulations, that was awesome. <laughs> Did, did, yes. did you like your little gift they gave you, by the I way? I
4: loved it. Excellent. Loved it. I still, I, I'm waiting to watch it, to have Jameson watch it with me.
1: Yeah, you got... i
4: out to have, you know, have him watch it. But yes.
1: He I, may not... He, he may, was
4: actually pretty shocked because um, I'm more um, just about the movies, not necessarily about soundtracks. Right. Um, but so he was kind of shocked because he was just like, the, Liam Neeson threw him off. He's like i don't could not think of a movie that he would have been in and um sure enough i uh i pulled it off he's so smart i am <laughs> i have my moments yeah
1: liam neeson has never watched that movie a day in his life that's he's like he's like, he's like michael kane with jaws 4 he just he refuses to watch it because he knows it's so terrible but <laughs> i love that.
4: it's so bad it's it, good yeah
1: it's one of my favorite soundtracks of all time that's Probably the hardest soundtrack I've ever had to find was a satisfaction one.
2: Oh, I'm sure. You yeah. paid ninety seven dollars for it.
1: I, <laughs> I did I did not I stole it off the internet. So
2: oh, authorities will be called.
1: Yeah. Uh well gentlemen, this series was great and I can't wait for the next one to start. Your listener, Peter the time traveler. Which nice. which is uh um, you know, classic movies mistoon has never seen. So we'll be starting off with the Indiana Jones series. So it's gonna be crazy. I can't
2: wait.
4: This
1: no. guy has
2: not seen any. Video really? Episodes.
1: Yes. You
4: wow! It? My kids have seen all of them. I'm showing. Come
1: on! Well, great. Just make me feel worse. So. I Love it. Thank
4: yeah, you. Yeah,
1: I know. I'm gonna see even the fourth one. So yep. we'll we'll see how bad you know I, if I like it or not. So all I know is that Sean Connery and Sean Connery and Data are in number two. That's all I know. So number three. Number three.
2: Sean so, Connery's in three.
1: Data's in two. Oh, okay. Excellent. Uh, so we have Lisa the Legend writes in on Billy Jean. And here's what she had to say. Hi, y'all. I couldn't miss writing in for a movie I was nicknamed after until the other night. I had never seen this movie. Uh uh-huh. Dude, can you believe that? Miss 80s here. has never seen this movie. Uh-huh. Boy, was I missing a lot. What a great movie. I couldn't get over how young Christian Slater was. You can tell it was definitely at the beginning of a bus career. Also, to see uh, Yardley Smith so young and on screen. Ironic, her hair gets cut short because, for whatever reason, it seems to have stuck with her over the years. I really enjoyed this movie. I had so much going on. Uh, you really had to pay it it had so much going on you really had to pay attention to keep up. I really enjoy Billy Jean. She has real depth and took pride in who she was, poor or not. It's is it just me or does Richard uh, Bradford aka Pryat, look like a young Stacey Keach in this movie? Uh, great soundtrack as well. Looking forward to the pack review. Take care, Lisa the Legend. So. Nice. So thank you Lisa for writing in and we have one final email that came in at the very last minute. And this is from Monday Night Jason, sir. Good old right. So he finally got off work. Here we go. What is up, Masoonish Jameson, STL Nation? First off, let me say I've enjoyed the Chick Flicks for Guys series. You guys have done a superb job of reminding us that even the girly flicks of the 80s were awesome. Mannequin was tons of uh, fun. The first 80 flicks that I sh- uh, showed my little sister uh, behind break I couldn't remember some kind of wonderful until I heard the podcast. I'm going to have to add this gem to my collection. Now, about the final film in your series, Legend of Billie Jean, or the original title, Ferris Fair, which we didn't talk about. That was the original title. I guess it uh, reviewed poorly, so then they changed it to The Legend of Billie Jean, but Ferris Fair is written, I guess, under the poster. So... Interesting.
4: Yeah. I did not know that.
1: Yeah. I saw this movie when I was a kid. It was an instant. It instantly became one of my favorites. Uh, Helen Slater's performance is unforgettable. The film also is the debut of Christian Slater to the big screen, who did an awesome job as well. This is definitely a cult favorite, and appropriately so. For some reason, this film grabs you in a way that most movies never do. It seems to care a lot for Billie Jean and wants you to get the justice she deserves. Every rebellious youth seen should see this film so they can see what happens on both sides of the law. This flick was full of 80s music, especially the kick-ass Pat Benatar theme song, The Legend Billy Jean, is truly a remarkable film that is overlooked by too many people for its brilliance. I would give this 4.5 out of 5. Now, after this flick, maybe go down the road and get some Gleam in the Cube. Good times. Well, uh, guys, you keep up the good work, and I will holla at you later. Monday Night Jason, so... That's, that's a good suggestion about Gleaming a Cube, but that's even harder to find, man. That's
4: a good movie, yeah, though. Yeah, it's a very good movie.
1: Yeah, so that is it for uh, emails. So, should we roll into the music spotlight? Let's do it. All right, let's do it.
0: Here comes the ready and now.
1: Have you guys ever heard the band Paramore? Yes. Okay, so there's a song on the radio I'm digging. Still into you. Have you heard this song? Uh,
2: yeah, I may
1: have. Yeah. I, I sure. really I really dig it, man. These guys are really good. I mean, they remind me a lot of Icon for Hire and Letter Black, but Paramore is really good stuff. I play one of their tunes on Underground Hour, but this Still into You, I saw the music video on MTV, and then I heard it on the radio. I was like, man, this is just a super fun song. So I was like, I thought it would fit perfectly and close out the chick flicks for guys series with a fun chick flick song so cool so sarah have you heard this tune
4: i don't think so
1: okay well,
2: well you'll have to listen to I will. this episode
1: yes good times
4: uh i don't know if i really want to hear myself
1: <laughs> uh, well i promise you you did a phenomenal job way better than i ever did my first episode that's for sure. Well, thank
2: you yeah, yeah i can't listen to my first one
1: you know, to be honest with you, I was a little nervous. You know, this is the first time you guys podcast together. So I was a little bit worried. I was hoping wasn't gonna it wasn't going to be in the heads.
2: <laughs>
1: so good job. I'm, I'm we excited. Made it's all good. So uh, I think that is it for a wrap. If you want to write in, uh, please do so. Do you remember the uh, web address, sir?
2: Yes, it is stlpodcast at G. Gmail.com. gmail.com.
1: Very good. yeah hey. Yeah. And then if you want to do the old one, which is sweepdelaypodcast at yahoo.com or STL Podcast on uh, Twitter, and then uh, the website will hopefully be out sometime soon, stlpodcast.com, working on that. F- if,
2: if you're listening right now and are not part of the STL Nation on Facebook,
1: yes you're missing out. Yes. We just started round two of our STL game, sir. Exactly. That's where we added TV shows to that list. and that. Uh, I- you you jumped in that game a little while ago, right, Sarah? I did. Yeah, it's I always did. fun when you come on. I'm like, oh snap, Sarah's on line. <laughs> it's
4: like, I almost stumped a few too.
1: I know. I
2: have... <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh really?
1: Well, I guess you heard it there, folks. We need to call this the uh, the end of the episode. So,
2: <laughs> Mike, I want to. I just want to. I want one thing from the STL Nation.
1: What's that, sir?
2: All right, I want to know how many people have seen this movie, Happy Together. I want to know if this if I'm an idiot for never having heard of this movie. I want Lisa the Legend specifically yeah. to tell me if she's seen this happy together movie.
1: Well, I mean you're an idiot, but we won't. Hey, in- say, oh <laughs> say I, I got us. somebody who lives here that'll tell me that. <laughs> it's all good in the hood, brother.
2: <laughs>
1: so uh, yeah, I- I'm definitely excited to hear that because I've never seen this man, so I'm gonna have to check it out myself. Cool. cool. But, sounds exciting. I'll go check it out on YouTube.
2: There you
1: go. So our next movie, sir, we're going to start the new series, the classic movies Miss Smith's never seen. That's going to last for a while, but it's not going to be every single episode. All right, not Gosh. continuous. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to start off with the Indiana Jones series, sir. So, yes, Raiders of the Lost Ark, okay. up next. I was going to ask you, what's the number one? Because I have no idea what the title is. So. Yep,
2: Raiders of the Lost Ark.
1: Okay. So I am
2: excited to hear what you have to say about these movies.
1: Yes, unbiased opinion, sir. Yeah,
2: it's, yeah, it's like... It's and, like I found somebody who was raised by wolves.
1: And I don't and like I Harris brought School. them back
2: to America <laughs> and I was like, This is this is Indiana Jones and you're like, What is this? And I'm like, <laughs> Ooh, ooh, what what do you think of it? This is how I feel.
1: Dude, I'm like Crocodile Dundee and uh, in like what's that movie? The worst Crocodile one? Dundee? Yeah. No, the worst one. The the third oh. one. The crocodile the in Los Angeles? Yeah, the one that How it got how, how Did This get Made talked about, that one. Yeah, yeah.
4: And I was thinking like Encino Man.
1: Ooh, oh, I love
4: Brendan Fraser coming. I'm up the
1: Paulie Shore. You're the Brendan Fraser. Oh, right. man. I, I love Encino Man.
4: I think you should be Sean Astin. I don't I, I think, don't think, there's think there's I would want
1: to if, if I'm wheezing off your grind, it's just chill. Because if I had the whole Brady Bunch thing happen in my pad, I go grind over there. So don't snatch my gig so hardcore, her.
3: I <laughs> was a little sad
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true what can I say Me uh, and Mike, I had a lot of time on my hands it's all good
2: I'm excited for this next episode though as always I'm excited for every next episode
1: yeah but considering I don't like Harrison Ford this is going to get real good So, oh, mm. you
2: should watch don't your don't mouth
1: like... burn <laughs> oh Mike I don't know if we
4: can be friends anymore that's what led to
2: this though he, he said that he didn't like Harrison Ford <sighs> And then I, that led to me finding out that he has never seen these. And so it, it works out for the best.
1: I, I like him in Star Wars and Regarding Henry. There you go. That's, see, um, <laughs> every time you say that. are you Fugitive? Regarding Henry.
4: Come on.
1: The Fugitive is a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like The Fugitive. That's all good. <laughs> for more Harrison Ford talk, tune in to the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, guys. Thank you, uh, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me on. Thank you for having me on. This was a lot of fun. It's good times. I'm glad that you were able to talk about one of your favorite movies of all time. And, you know, hopefully Jameson will get you on his podcast one time. That'll be good.
2: Thanks, Mike. (laughs) Yeah, I got to
1: rub it in there, sir.
2: And that podcast, if you're you're wondering, by the way, that she might be on, would be
1: Movie Mojo Monthly. Yes.
2: Available on iTunes.
1: What's the email address, sir?
2: Movie Mojo Monthly at gmail.com or find us at dvmpe.com.
1: Yeah. Or if you haven't checked out CCP yet, I don't know why, because that was part one. Right. uh, What are you doing? You can hear the top 10 theme songs of all time. We did it. We defined it. We brought it down to the level it needs to be. We have the definitive list that nobody will ever be able to touch. So That was
2: an amazing episode, by the way. It was. Well done.
1: Sarah has to listen to it. so She will. Did she leave the room?
2: She, she just walked out. The baby's oh. fuzzy.
1: All right, cool. All right, sir. Well, uh, again, it was awesome, and uh, I'm excited for your next time, sir. So. As am I. Good times, man. All right, well, you guys uh, take care. We'll catch you on the next episode. we we'll see you I, all right
2: everyone just got home i'll make sure I'll okay be right back yep
1: you're not wearing pants what do you mean not wearing pants hmm. chump all right are you all cool to record sir
2: uh yeah i got a guest coming in for a couple of minutes
1: uh-oh excellent who's our guest
2: <laughs> we'll see all right <laughs> i got helen slater by the way that's what i got
1: whatever <laughs> whatever only I can pull off those special guest stars. Sure. Anyways.
2: <laughs> so you never guessed the movie that I was watching last night either. I thought that was great.
1: Yeah. What was it, dude? <laughs> Happy. Tell the nation. All right. I, I will once we get in. All right. Come on, woman. Bringing in the wife.
2: Mm, heavy hitter. <laughs> she still hasn't let me. She still hasn't let me forget that we went and saw Alex Cross, and that's her favorite book ever. That I didn't let her come on and review it on Mojo.
1: Oh man.
2: Oh boy. What a dirt bag.